Hey y'all, this is Patty, Queen of the South. I just wanted to take a second to let y'all know how much Schedulicity has truly changed my life. Not only does it keep my clients involved and informed with everything going on through texts and emails, it also allows me to take payment using the app at a lower fee cost than any other app I've ever used. And as a family and a business, Schedulicity is truly there for you and really goes out of their way to make sure that you have exactly what you need to be successful as a business owner. And I mean, it just, it's beautiful energy, y'all. It's so nice to be around people who kind of get it, you know? And for that reason, I'm so grateful for Schedulicity and everything that they continue to do for me and my business. So if y'all have a second today, check out Schedulicity. Love and light, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my best friend, Tone. What's up, buddy? What's going on, brother? <laughs> Not a whole bunch. Um, I'm excited about today's podcast. We, uh, I'm glad that we're kind of like, we're starting to see past COVID a little bit, and we're, we're able to kind of get back to uh, what, what, what our normal is, at least with the podcast. Yeah, and it's just to bring people on to talk about things that's going to help you build your business or help you, in, you know, somehow in our industry, you know, and just bring those people back on the program. Well, I mean, we are post COVID, but I think that, you know, uh, with COVID, not all of us, not all some of us, some of us went back. <laughs> well, that's true, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, as, we, as, as, you know, as the industry as a whole, as we, as we move forward with this, you know, um, those that pay attention to the business are the ones that are going to survive. Cause certainly we've talked to some, um, some industry leaders and there's a belief that, that 40% of hair salons are going to, are going to close. Right. That blows my mind. But yeah, that's, that's the, that's the number. Yep. That's the number. And you know, that's, that's, that's actually that, that number is just looking back at 2008 and the impact that our industry had in 2008 with the last recession that we were in. So, you know, we're, we're committed this year to bring on guests to try to help save your business or to try to help um, make your business better. So, you know, today's guest is no exception to that. Yeah, you know, and, and anytime we can bring somebody on that's going to save a, a, someone's, you know, business or salon or company, it's uh, it's our honor to yeah. be able to do that. There, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Um, as a colorist, um, what I've what I've uh, been realizing is that um, a lot of my clients uh, post COVID, since we've been back to work now for about a month and a half now, a lot of my clients are are, either, are doing a couple of things now. You know, listen, I've been in the industry for 30 years. I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of gray hair maintenance clients, and a lot of those clients are um, are deciding actually after after nine weeks or something that, that they're just going to stick with the with the gray grow out. And and of course, Jack Martin isn't helping that. He keeps posting all these pictures right? <laughs> with gray hair, which is like killing my business. But you know, yay to you, Jack, because I, I think what you do is amazing. But um, 
but you know, uh, two things that I've noticed is one, my, uh, a lot of my clients have grown their gray hair out and two, um, my highlight clients have asked to kind of go back closer to natural, you know, which to me says that one or two things, either like I'm going to, well, I'm definitely going to have some openings on my book because, you know, if we're going back to closer to natural, then, you know, that the maintenance isn't there anymore. Right. So, you know, we'll see them a little bit less often. Um, and then those that grow their gray out, I probably won't see them again. So, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, I'm going to have some holes in my book and our guest today um, is, is, is hopefully going to uh, help us, you know, fill those holes and, and figure out what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, you know, enough about, I guess, you and I, let's, let's bring her in. <laughs> let's, bring let's, let's really get into this because uh, you're not going to be the only one in that boat. No, no, I don't think so. And, yeah, I mean, and, and I'd have been too embarrassed if I thought I was. But these are staggering numbers. And hopefully if we can uh, bring enough people on to share enough expertise in these areas, maybe we can lower that. Yeah, yeah. There's We're no not doubt. us, but you know what I mean? Like, well, the help. podcast, can, the Absolutely. podcast can, can have the conversation, right? Let's, let's contribute to trying to prove that number. It's not going to be the number. Boom, done. Okay, so our guest today, her name is Ren Lopa. Ren Lopa has a, a very interesting uh, 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 company where she, she's, uh, she's, she's helping us. You know, she's helping the industry as a whole. Um, we'll get into her story in a little bit, but her Instagram is Wolf and Rabbit Inc. Again, it's Wolf and Rabbit Inc., and she's got some great resources there. Um, definitely take a look at her. Um, I don't really know what her title is. I don't know if she's a coach in the industry or what she likes to be called, but uh, let's go ahead and bring her in, and she can tell us all that stuff. What you think? Let's do it. So, Miss Ren Lopa, welcome to your day off. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for inviting me to come here. I just want to say, like, first of all, you guys are amazing. Um, and just thank you so much for pouring so much of your energy into this industry and into helping others and showcasing everyone's talents. And, I mean, you guys are just doing something so beautiful and beneficial. And I just want to say thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you so much. We we really appreciate that, and, and it's truly why we do this is is to help. We are such big fans of our industry. We love our industry. So anything that we can do to help our industry, you know, that's we're all in. Yeah, most definitely. And that's why we brought you you in today. So so Ren, kind of um, where where are you from? So my parents actually met in boot camp at an Air Force Academy. So I am a wanderer, you could say. I have grown up as a military brat, um, but in Tampa, Florida, which is where I live right now, is the longest I've lived anywhere. It is 12 years, and so to me, Tampa is now officially home, so I love it down here. I'm sure eventually the heat will get to be a little too much, but for now, it's beautiful. I love the blue skies every day. I feel super lucky to live in this area. So, Were, were your parents stationed at McDill? Is that how you got there? No, I actually uh, moved down this way with an ex and, <laughs> you know, we didn't stay together, but I fell in love with the city and so I got to continue my life here, so. <laughs> That's cool. Did you spend a lot of time in Texas as an Air Force uh, kid? Not in Texas, but I was in Colorado Springs, um, Cape Cod, Massachusetts is where I went to high school and then mm -hmm. we were in um, Virginia and North Carolina, and then now I'm down here. So not even too many crazy moves, but enough for none to feel like home, really. <laughs> Most of the time, she's on the East Coast. Not only the East Coast, but she's in cold, cold climate. No wonder you love Florida. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Move down here. I'm like, I'll take it. It is not a gray sky half of the year, so I'm, I'm in. So when, so... 
Um, How'd you find the industry? Yeah, yeah, that's where I was going. Well, I actually, I enrolled in hair school like immediately after graduating with my bachelor's degree in marketing. Basically, I graduated and like a lot of college graduates, I think I had this like panic set in of like, oh my God, what am I actually going to do now with this? Um, and I had, I knew like nine to five corporate stuff wasn't in my future. And so because I liked fashion, because I was always kind of DIYing my own hair, I decided to tour a hair school, just take a tour, step my, you know, feet in the water. And I ended up enrolling that same day. I just, I felt this like true alignment with the industry and with that direction. And so you know, an interesting conversation to have with my military father was <laughs> that I'm going back to school and I'm going to be a hairdresser. Um, but, you know, now he sees how great the industry is and how much potential there is. And so, you know, we've all kind of grown in it. But yeah, I loved it. So that's how I got here. So many people have that conversation with their parents, right? And they set it up like, like the hair industry is such a negative industry. But how was his, what was his initial reaction, though? Be honest. Like, when you say, hey, dad, I'm going to go to hair school, I'm going to go back to school, and I'm going to be a hairdresser, what was his initial reaction? Um, honestly, I told my mom and so that she would tell my dad, you know, a classic kid move, right? And so, she, <laughs> so, so my mom really buffered that conversation for me. But, I mean, he was definitely concerned. I mean, I think our parents, whether they're coming off harsh or whatever, it's always about protecting us, right? They always want to make sure we're going to be safe, we're going to be cared for and independent. And so, you know, any concerns were from there. I toured a Summit Salon Academy, which was a tea spa when I went there, but they have all of those systems in there. And so that definitely made, I led with that when I was finally talking to him about it. I'm like, no, there's a, a business plan. They really teach you how to be an entrepreneur. It's going to be fine. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you, I, I got to say, uh, you Way said, you go, were, mom. I know. Good job, mom. <laughs> I, Thanks, mom. Um, I got to say that having a bachelor's in marketing, you're in really good company because, you know, that was Britt Steven's start as well. So she started, we had her on the podcast a few weeks ago and she, she started um, with a marketing degree. Um, and then she, uh, she kind of accidentally found the hair industry as well. Right. Right. And, and, and we know how great she is. So I just learned something. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just slow because uh, I, by you saying what you said about your mom, telling your mom first, and then she goes, buffered your dad. Oh, snap. How many times my wife has come to me <laughs> and said, you know what? I want you to behave. What do you think about this? Oh, my, oh my gosh. Uh -huh. Well, I am so sorry to your kids that I just, like, ruined that for them. So. Well, lucky for them, they're 19 and 25. So. <laughs> well, now the conversation is just tougher now, right? Yeah. Now <laughs> You're not following me now. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. So, so okay, you went to hair school. What's next? Well, so I went to hair school, and then I found my forever salon. It was a top 200 salon in Tampa, and I just dove right in. Um, and I started building my clientele, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, about three years in, you know, this is going to date me a little bit, but it was kind of before Pinterest was like a huge thing. And I was honestly, I'll just be so straightforward. I was really sick of my clients going on Google and getting all this shit advice. So um, I started a blog and I 
did weekly tutorials. I wrote a bunch of just articles and really it was for my clients. Like I would tell all of them that they had to read it. I would make them you know, give me their email address. And it was really about, you know, us kind of having a better relationship through that. So it's pretty cool. It's kind of really, it's really brilliant, isn't it? Go back a little bit. I want to like, like so many times when we, when somebody starts a podcast, when somebody starts a, a YouTube page, when somebody starts a blog, like um, the advice that we always give is just stay at it. Like, like, like how, and I don't know this for a fact, but, but how bad were the first blogs that she did? And then, and then what, what, what did you learn through persistence? Oh, I mean, that is the truth. You just have to keep at it. Um, I would say that obviously you grow as you're doing it. And I think what really transforms more than the work, right? So more than the episode or the information that you're bringing is your confidence is kind of transforming with it, you know? So the first few blogs I really kept in, meaning like to my clients that I had made it for, but then probably six months into it, I started um, publicly publishing them on my social media or um, my salon offered to kind of publish the blogs on their website too, to help bring traffic for them. And, you know, after a year or maybe even a year and a half of showing up every single week and doing this, um, it did get national attention. And so, you know, when I kind of think about how my whole story kind of comes together, I feel like that blog really was a big part of that. And it's not even like I had a ton of readers. I wasn't getting a million comments. It wasn't like this giant thing that exploded. It was more just like what it did is it showed other people in the industry a different like skill set that I had. And so it just started kind of opening the doors in all of these ways that I had never really considered before. I get that. We, um, I, I, think what it, I think what it does is it, it gives you a voice where you didn't know you had one. And that doesn't necessarily mean from an outsider's look. So it's not like I have a voice because people are reading me, but, but you start to find your voice. You start to find what's important to you and what you want to write about. And, you know, what, what, what kind of attention are you getting? And is this a topic or a subject or, or whatever th that, we should, um, that we should stay on? So, yeah, I mean, again, I, I wish if there was one takeaway about anybody that's done anything, I think it's persistent and understand that the first time you do it, it's going to suck. So that's not the time to quit. You know, the time to quit is five years down the road when, 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 you, when you've attacked every avenue. Yeah, when you're ready to quit. Exactly. Yeah, for well, sure. Then, yeah, so, so okay, so, so you, you did the blog, for th the blog for three years or the vlog for, th uh, for three years and you started getting, you know, kind of national attention or getting recognized. Um, you know, did like major magazines or bigger podcasts podcasts or, or whatever start reaching out to you for information or trying to get to know who you are or what you're doing? Yeah, so I had a few publications reach out and then I also had um, a salon consulting company who kind of recruited me into doing some freelance writing projects for them. So um, some of those freelance writing projects did go on to be featured in Modern Salon and Salon Today. Um, but really, I started writing a lot, you know, still working behind the chair, still growing my clientele. But now I'm freelance writing, I'm doing my blog. And I kind of realized through this whole process that I just loved doing that that shit. Like I just, I loved it. So um, local nonprofits I was freelance writing for, like I just kind of really started putting myself out there in this capacity. And I think, you know, through all of this, I started meeting a lot more business owners. I started meeting a lot more salon owners and slowly this whole concept was starting to take shape on my path and on my journey of like, 
I have this industry experience. I have these skills. I have this marketing background, you know, and this is kind of a unique way to kind of show up and, and serve our industry and kind of help in a way that I didn't really see when I first started. That's pretty cool. Where, where can you point to something um, directly where your, your marketing degree has helped or, or whatever? Like, did, did it start way back when you first got on the floor and you were building a book or, or you know, is it something that you put more into act after you started your blog? I think that it did really help with growing a clientele. Um, again, you know, when, when we're talking about being consistent or sticking with something, the thing about getting a bachelor's degree is that you are long-term committing to something and then you are kind of meeting this achievement. So I felt like although I was maybe younger than people in my salon, although I was maybe brand new, um, I was kind of coming in with maybe a confidence that they didn't have yet. So I felt like with my clients, I was maybe having different conversations. It was easier for me to ask them maybe for referrals or to bring in other people. Like, I don't know, but that really helped. And then of course, like my wife and I, well, we weren't married at the time, but we would sit and we would come up with all these marketing ideas. Um, my salon kind of let us do whatever. So we're like, okay, let's make these little packets to pass out at banks. And we would drive all over town, right? Like, those days, that's not really what we do anymore. But um, so I do feel like I also had that level of like a little extra creativity when it came to how I wanted to market myself or promote myself. You know, you made a joke about driving around town, but I, I kind of think that there's space for that again, right? I think that there's space for that again, because I think that there's space for, for I mean, not currently during the mask situation, but, you know, th th there's space for like a human to human contact, right? And, and human, human, not human to human contact, but human to human connection. And, and, and I would argue that, that, that we probably coming out of the COVID thing coming, you know, post mask when we can actually shake people's hands again and stuff. And I think that there's space for, for that again. I mean, I, I kind of see a resurgence in, 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 in that kind of contact. Um, cause, cause I think what, what clients are going to look for more than anything is that just that you can trust, you know, and, and just because somebody does a pretty picture on Instagram, that doesn't necessarily build the trust in one and in, in what a client may be looking for in the future. Absolutely. And I think that you're hitting on something really important, Corey, which is that personalization, you know, so a lot of times we kind of, when we're on social media, it's more like one to many, right? Like we're one person and we're speaking to an audience, but we do need to find these ways to build these personal relationships um, with our followers. And yes, with people in our town from hitting it old school and passing out our business cards and making that impression. But I think that, you know, online, there is a shift from one to many. And I'm just on a stage kind of sharing my tips to how are we taking this the next step and turning our followers into clients or turning our followers into friends and building these relationships further. Love it. It's really good stuff, right? Yeah. All right, dude. So, uh, so how did, uh, how did Wolf and Rabbit Inc. How'd that, how'd that come up? And are you the wolf or are you the rabbit? And which one is your wife? <laughs> So my wife is the wolf and I'm the rabbit. I would say that now it's really changed. Um, I'd say we're both pretty equally both um, at this point, but in the beginning, that's kind of how it started. And so essentially, you know, like I said, I've been meeting a lot of salon owners. They had started approaching uh, me to start doing their social media and help them with different things. And I had, honestly, I kind of kept saying no, because I had all these freelance writing things I was doing. I just didn't feel, I don't know, I felt weird about it. I'd never really done it before aside from building my own business. So I kept saying no. And then 
I started feeling the shift um, in the salon that I was in and kind of energetically just knowing it was time for me to, to move on. I think we've all kind of been through an experience like that where we just suddenly know like, okay, there's, you know, I'm supposed to be somewhere else now. Um, and so with all of these people approaching with my wife's like corporate strategy experience, we finally were like, you know what, all these people are approaching us. Let's just start saying yes and let's see what happens. And so that's really when we, um, started going. We had been doing like two or three accounts without being an official business, maybe for a year. And then since we kept getting approached, we were like, okay, let's go ahead and incorporate this thing, announce this thing and do it for real. And that's really how it all came to be. So that year was it when you guys, before you were incorporated, did you guys already have your systems in place? Or were we developing the systems as, as you were going uh, as kind of fitting the needs of the of the salons or the individuals that were reaching out to you? Well, it's always a blend of both. So like even now, um, we have a system that works really well. But of course, as times change, as new things come out, as, you know, communities evolve even, it's like things are going to slowly be modified. But we were putting into place what we knew to be the best at the time. And then as we knew better, we did better. Um, and Oftentimes, salon owners or stylists or even major educators, we had some of those too that we were managing, they are kind of just winging it, you know? I mean, I think the most eye-opening thing for me as I started to meet these business owners and these heads of these huge corporations is that everybody's making it up. Um, and so it's like, if they can do it, if they can make it up on the fly and figure it out as they go and have incredible quality, anybody can, you know? And so coming in and giving these people a system when they were winging it every day and doing as well as they were doing with winging it, it's like, it really was powerful in taking their brands kind of to that next level and helping them, you know, not only grow a following, but grow a local following of people who are ready to come in and uh, work with them. That's awesome. Hey, I want to give you the opportunity. I think we kind of jumped forward a little bit, but what can you give us like the elevator pitch? You know, what what is what is um what is Wolf and Rabbit Inc. and and, and what do they do? And then and then we'll kind of pick up from there. That was funny because that that was literally in my mind when you were saying <laughs> like, you know, kind of ask her. <laughs> so give us the elevator pitch. Well, essentially, like I'm pretty practical. I like to boil things down super simply. And what we do at Wolf and Rabbit Inc. is we help salons get new clients. Like that's what we do. <laughs> and so we do that in two basic, um, two different ways. One is we have done for you services that bring in new clients. So essentially it is off of the salon owner's plate. They don't have to lift a finger and they know that their marketing is going to be handled and it's going to be strategic in terms of making them the best in their city and then bringing in new local clients. And then our other option is actually working alongside the owner, um, whether it's a suite owner. We've also had some stylists who have done it, but we kind of do like one-on-one -on -one coaching where I teach you how to do it like a pro. And, you know, by doing that, you then have your system because a lot of salon owners love being a key part of their business. They really like doing all of that. So I like having that option where it's like, you can keep going and you can do it yourself, but the right way. What, so the reason that you're sitting with this is because we watched a video that you did called sales funnel, right? That was the one. Yeah. Um, uh, 
can you kind of break down first off can you define what a sales funnel is and then and then let's dive into that a little bit absolutely so oh, i love sales funnels i'm already getting excited like that's how nerdy i am <laughs> be honest with you <laughs> okay so um every business has a sales funnel whether they know about it or not and um, whether you're a commission stylist, a suite owner, a salon owner, um, you run your own business essentially, right? We all have the power to bring in clients and make more money. And so knowing what your sales funnel is, is going to be key in like basically expediting your whole process of making more money and understanding which part of your funnel is kind of like broken or needs the most support. Um, sometimes when we're ready to invest in something in marketing, right? We're like, okay, I have this money. I'm ready to give it a go. It's hard to know exactly where to put that money. So when we look at your sales funnel, you're going to be able to see exactly where to invest your money to really get the best return on your investment. So a sales funnel is going to be how people know about you, how people like you, and then how people trust you and come in. So basically, it's the whole process of from a from when a person first hears who you are or about your salon, uh, all the way down to when they book that first appointment. So that process is really what a sales funnel is. And 65% of business owners don't even know what their sales funnel is. Like they don't know what's part of it. They don't know what parts are working or broken. And, you know, when you're saying statistics in the beginning, like 40% of salons um, close during recessions and stuff like that, it's like, that's kind of the first thing that pops into my head is like, if you don't even know how people are finding out about you, and then what's bringing them to book their appointment, you know, you're kind of just winging your business completely, and you're not really able to supercharge that or actually intentionally recreate the good at all. So that's really what we try to do. I mean, I think, I, I mean, I, I think you back up a little bit, right? So the sales funnel is no like, and trust, right? How yep. people get to know you, right? How, how do they like you? And then how do you, how, do they trust you? Now does like, and trust, do they, do they cross, do they cross airways a, a bit? So they cross airways maybe a little bit, but um, I'll give you some examples of each part so that it can kind of help to break this down a little bit more. So, the no part is all about building your audience, okay? So that's kind of the first time someone hears about you. So that could be advertising. Um, that might be your referral program, right, where people are going out and telling their friends. Um, it could be the organizations you're a part of for networking. Maybe social media. I would say more social media advertising, most likely. So then the like part is going to be your content and it's going to be consistent content because this is basically how people are saying like, okay, I, I like, I like Corey and Tony. Like, I think they're really cool. Um, I'm going to follow this page and listen to their podcast more, right? Like they're getting to know you on your podcast and people are getting to know us on our, on our Instagrams or on our social media. So the like part is going to be your content, your stories, the emails that you send out going to be your website. Basically, it's everything that you've put out there that makes people form an opinion about you. So, you know, the good thing is that we can form a really expert opinion, right? And show people like, I'm an expert, I'm a badass hairdresser, or we're the best salon in our city, or it can, you know, kind of work against you too. Um, so then how trust is different is trust is where we're really 
having them make that decision. So trust is them deciding to buy from you. So this is going to be, this is usually where people um, have kind of the biggest gap is asking for those sales. So what that looks like is um, we're always booking new appointments. We're always accepting new clients, filling last minute openings by saying what's on your calendar. It might be promoting your specials and promotions um, and different things like that. So it's actually saying, hey guys, I have three appointments actually that are open this week. If you book now, you get a free conditioning treatment with your appointment. DM me to get scheduled, right? Like that content is way different than explaining what a balayage is and why somebody should get it. So the trust part is really about making it a no-brainer for your followers to actually book those appointments with you. Hey, so I've been doing it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the alone. The more I learn, the more I know. Yeah. The less I know, right? right? The more I know, the less I know. <laughs> right. That's so funny. Hey, so we've been talking about um, a little bit, like uh, Tony and I are in Salon Suite, um, and, you know, we've been talking a little bit about, is there a place right now um, post-COVID uh, to start marketing or advertising that, that we, we can actually provide private appointments? Um, where Because I think that that, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but, but um, that there's a space for this, right? There's a space for like, oh, people are nervous to go into a regular salon. Is there a place to market it from a salon uh, studio service? And what's your opinion about that? And then I have a follow-up question. Okay. So I love that question. And I think you're right. Like you guys have, when you own a suite, you have a very unique position with this situation where you can, you're in full control of it. Like there's not a wild hairdresser next to you who we don't know if she was partying last night. Like, you know, you're very in control of the environment if it's clean and all of that. So as far as advertising goes, I mean, what I would say is, First of all, how are you communicating that to your existing guests to make sure that they feel comfortable to come in and see you? So that would be kind of ad number one is internally to your clients. And then ad number two would maybe be a social media ad um, in your city, uh, or you could do like a Google search ad. So when people are saying salon near me or a safe salon or you know, something like that on Google, your name is actually going to pop right up. So, you know, I think that advertising how safe it is in terms of like in your captions right it could be a beautiful color picture but it's like oh man i love working in a suite because i can provide such a clean environment for my guests it takes the stress out of you know getting your hair done during the, this pandemic um so talking about it regularly and then possibly doing those other options i think would really help wow i actually forgot my follow-up question <laughs> 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 well, we're all like, we got mesmerizers brought in like <laughs> oh my gosh that is so funny yeah and just with advertising really quick since we were talking about it um there's really two kinds of advertising so one i call it push and pull so um Push advertising is going to be basically where you're springing up on somebody, right? So this would be like a social media ad. They're scrolling, they're looking at their friend's dinner from last night, and then there's your ad being like, hey, come in and see me. I'm a great colorist. So that would kind of be push. And then there's pull advertising. So pull advertising is when someone is literally searching for you. So again, salon near me, best stylist in Tampa, and that kind of thing, and then you're showing up. So you're kind of pulling them in when they're looking for you. And really, if you have a limited budget or you're trying to figure out how to spend your advertising budget, 
poll campaigns are typically going to be the the best converting um, in the short term because you're actively capturing people who are looking for you right now. Like they want to make an appointment today. Um, so I would really look at that. And then long term, having a mix of both is going to be great for for building your your salon and keeping those steady clients coming in. That's genius. So I, I would act like like instinct tells me that the pull would be more beneficial, but she's saying uh, I mean I'm sorry the push would be more beneficial, but she's saying the pull is more beneficial. And the way she explained it, no, not makes, necessarily. She's saying the pull is more beneficial for the immediate, right? Not for the long term. Right, right. But but today, like like I was saying, like if there's holes in my book today, the pull is is, is the most beneficial. Like I would have in my head, and the way I've always done it is to do the push, right? right? We do email campaigns. Hey, this is what's going on. I'll do a mm-hmm. Facebook saying, hey, if you're a client, I've got an opening this week, you know, that kind of stuff. But 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 she's saying that, that there's, there's a much better strategy out there, which, I mean, now that she says it, I feel like an idiot, but, you know, but I definitely have lived in the push and not in the pull, right. you know? Hey, what's SEO? What's SEO? Well, I mean, SEO is kind of how you're able to make yourself searchable. So that would be your website. But did you guys know your social media actually has its own form of SEO? And so that's kind of something that is taking over that I try to teach a lot about because it's like, we want your social media profiles to be searchable. So that's going to be how you write your bio, how you do your headline, what hashtags you're using. Um, On Facebook, it's even how you title your company. Um, it's just everything. There are so many cool ways to make your stuff searchable online now. That's pretty cool. And what, do you know what SEO stands for? Cause I don't. Yeah, it's search engine optimization. So basically you're optimizing your website, Facebook, Instagram, so that when people search, you're going to pop up and show in those results. And you, and, a, and your company and, and Wolf and Rabbit, they help out with your SEO? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, just really think about it as like not being invisible. Like a lot of the clients that I work with, they're so sick of hearing people walk into their company and be like, oh my God, I've lived here for years and I never knew you were here. You know, and it's like, how do we stop hearing that? Like that is so annoying. Um, And doing SEO for your website and for your social media can kind of help with that because then you're actually going to be showing up when they're saying, you know, Tampa Salon, you're going to be there. Right. And, and do you know, do you know the, um, I, I guess the hashtags, but they're not really hashtags, but do you know like the most searched uh, words and stuff? Is, is, is you guys can help with that as well? Yes, absolutely. And I'll give you one of my favorite hashtag tips. So tell your list. Okay, you guys, this is just between us. Don't tell anybody. Um, Deal. <laughs> so this is just a technique that I teach within our group. We have like a free VIP group for beauty professionals called Ambitious Profitable Salon Owners. And the hashtag trick is not to go with the coolest word or the most searched word. It's actually going to be to look up some of your favorite clients. So let's say you have five favorite clients. Hopefully you have more than that, but you're actually going to go to their profile And you're going to look at what hashtags they're using. Okay. So they're most likely going to use, let's say, uh, Tampa brunch. Maybe it's uh, whatever. Okay. So they're, and we're actually going to use the hashtags that our ideal clients are using. And this is going to help us bring in our, more of our dream clients. So we're kind of reverse engineering this process. We're getting away from hashtag Redken, hashtag hair inspo. Cause you guys like, 
I don't know if you've noticed this too, but hairdressers and salon owners, we attract a lot of other hairdressers and salon owners to follow us. And some of that is because of our, our hashtags that we're putting out there. So we need to really think like our clients and put that into place so that we can make sure we're attracting people who are going to make us money, right? Because we can love this. It can be fun. We can find a lot of like reward in it, but we're here to build like a successful business and have something amazing that supports our life. So it's just kind of thinking about it in a little bit different of a way. Love it. Love it. It's good, right? Gary V has a technique and it's very similar to what you're saying. And what he, what he says is go find the hashtags that your ideal client is. And then start to comment on all those things, but don't comment about hair, right? Like you don't want to comment about hair, but like, you know, uh, Tampa brunch, you know, or like one of my favorite restaurants in Tampa is Ulele, right? So if it's at Ulele, you just comment and go, oh, I love the lunch at Ulele. And then what you're trying to do is you're trying to create conversation. So, but then hopefully your name says something like, you know, Tampa hairdresser or whatever. So now you're just having organic conversation, but that's supposed to drive people into your site and then if they ask about hair now you have a conversation but but it's just it's this really cool technique and, and you do like you know you do like 25 a day or something right so you know how easy is it to be like I love lunch lately or I love whatever right? right and that technique um and then you know you're just hoping for that for that conversation and and the return on that of the um the uh ROI right ROI is supposed to be incredible if you do that actually I know I know a barber that does that and, and and he, he jumps into town to town to town and, and his book's doing, or certainly pre-COVID, his book was, uh, was doing, uh, that's, this is a shout out to Curtis. So uh, it's, it's the technique that, yeah, this is the technique that Curtis uses and, and he says it's incredible. And, and what you're not doing is you're not, look, yeah, you're not kind of like attacking, you know, people saying, hey, I have a business. You're, you're just, you're just uh, relating with them and communicating with them as people first. And then, oh, by the way, you know, it's kind of, you know, by the way, I do hair. Brilliant. Absolutely. And that's really how you start to grow the right kind of a following. Because again, you know, even as hairdressers, we like, like looking at other hairdressers work, we like being inspired. And so even our feeds when we go on accidentally becomes other hairdressers, and we're kind of in our own bubble versus following you lately versus following the hashtag Tampa brunch and getting online and our feed is all of these amazing, you know, ideal clients and yes, building those relationships. So we know like, okay, shit, I spent an hour on Instagram today. Um, at least half of that was on my business profile, but you know what? I made you know, 25 new connections. So I did something awesome today for my business. Like I'm going to feel really good about that. And it does snowball. Like, absolutely. It like really just grows and grows. It's really cool. What's the old Chinese proverb, Tony? Uh, the best time to grow a tree 20 years ago. Right. Second best time <laughs> now today. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's basically what, what, what she's saying here, right? Yeah. By the way, can we talk about you lately? <laughs> so I honestly listen I cried when I ate a pork chop there before <laughs> like, amazing, I cried right? it was so good so if you're listening if you're in Tampa or you're going to visit Tampa or hell if you're in Orlando you know make the drive over man you lately is, is just good good food and, and the view is amazing because it's right on the bay so you uh you get to you get to see uh, uh, over the water. It's an, it used to be the it's old. Funny. When you said you lately, I saw her face light up. Too. Oh yeah, <laughs> you have to light up, man. You have to light up. It's uh, it's amazing. It's um it's it, it was the old waterworks building, so the building is just very interesting and cool too. But yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite spots in, in Tampa. So uh so everybody every hairdresser in Tampa is now going to look up hashtag you lately and uh right. and, 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 and the people that are eating there. 
that's pretty cool yeah we love that place that's pretty awesome man so what yeah i was gonna say so so do you i mean obviously these are you know probably different you know strategies but you know i, I know a lot of your clientele are are salons but do you help the suite owners or the individual stylists as well? Do you kind of create a game plan with those guys as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, for example, the one-on-one -on -one coaching that I do, it's called Best Month Ever. And that's really what I do with them. So a stylist who wanted to invest in their business could totally do that with me. And um, I've done, I've worked on it with many suite owners and some smaller salon owners, right, who still want to be doing everything themselves. And I mean, it is just powerful, I think, to not only have the systems, but also to have that accountability, right? Because how many classes have we all been to? Like, how many, you know, we've, we've learned all there is to learn on some aspects, but yet we still hold ourselves back from the implementing and from putting ourselves out there. So, you know, a big part of that best month ever program is actually a lot of accountability where I really support them in making sure they're getting their shit done, <laughs> showing up and doing it the right way so that they can finally get that get those results and get that momentum going because, like you know, it's intimidating. Trainer. I like it. Exactly, exactly. I'm your little cheerleader and I'll kick your ass too and we'll make it happen. Because I mean, sometimes I feel like at first when I first start working with someone, it's like I want their success almost more for them than they do. But it's like once the first week goes by of the month and they start to see like, you know, all the appointment requests coming in and all the appointments getting booked, like they just radiate different like some it's like they see that they can believe in themselves and I don't know it's just it's so much fun like I truly truly love what I do and this industry and I just feel so fortunate that you know three years ago my wife and I were crazy enough to think we could have a business because <laughs> to get to be here now you know just feels really really exciting that's awesome that's awesome so I mean now you get to uh have these all these, you know, great one-on-ones and, and, you know, discussions with the, with your clients because, you know, most of them are open now. But when we were shut down in COVID, um, were you able to sit with those clients and kind of create a, a, a game plan and a strategy of coming back? And do you, are you, were you still hands-on with these guys through the whole process? Yes, for sure. Because, what COVID really taught a lot of salons for better or worse is that if you don't have an online presence and if you don't have a connection to your clients outside of the salon, then when something like this does happen, you're suddenly just, it's dark, right? Um, the salons that do have their clients on their social media do have their email list. It's like they were able to use this opportunity to continue the relationship. I mean, in a lot of ways with COVID, we're out of sight, out of mind, right? but everybody's online 24 seven because what else are they going to be doing right now? And so, you know, we still need to be showing up. You still need to be putting out that content and talking to them and DMing with them and, you know, continuing all of that relationship stuff because, you know, they're struggling too, just like us. And that's what's going to make your business set up for success when you do get back open. So if you just go dark for three months, then it's going to be way harder for you to bounce back like this when, when you do come back. Are you recommending a, a big push for clients right now? Like to build your client base? 
I, I personally am always pushing for that. I think we all need to be building because first of all, we don't know what's coming around the corner. And then, right, (laughs) I think this has definitely taught us that. But also, we naturally are going to lose some of our clientele every year. So if we just think we got it good because we're fully booked, I think we're going to kind of be missing out. And maybe it's just time for a price raise. So we raise our prices because we're fully booked. We shed some clients. We bring in more clients at the higher prices. We raise our prices. (laughs) We shed some clients. We bring in new clients who pay the higher prices. Like this is a a forever process if we want to be able to be, you know, here. And yeah, it can feel nice and cozy at that six figure mark, right? We're like, ah, like I made it. I'm comfortable with this income coming in. I'm feeling good. But, you know, I try to help my clients see their career a little bit bigger, you know, sometimes than they have thought of before. And see that it can they can still be working this much with higher prices and still with new clients coming in like this is a process that can be copy and pasted forever to where you know maybe one day your haircuts are super super luxe you know and you have those and you're still in demand dude i'm super intrigued by you you have no idea um uh I have so many more questions, right? Yeah. And we can go on forever. But, but, but I think, I think what I will ask is I'm going to ask you on air so you can't say no, but I think we bring you back. I mean, I would, I would love to kind of like, you know, in the future dive into like very specific kind of like, here's how we, here's how we, how we, we keep rolling. Yeah. Cause we do a series of what's called small talks and it's, it's really specific things we talk about. Right. So there's so many things in, in your business that we can specifically talk about to help the hairdresser. And uh, we would love to have you back on to be able to do those things. Well, I would absolutely love that. That was honestly my secret plan. So I'm glad that my <laughs> spell, my spell that I cast worked <laughs> and you're having me back. It's good. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, we definitely will. We'll, we'll make some arrangements when, when, uh, we, when we drop out. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, we get why your wife digs you, I guess. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dude, thank you very much. Once again, kind of tell our listeners like how they can find you or where they can find you and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Or, or is there any last, you know, parting words? Yeah. Parting words, advice, and, and then, you know, tell them how they can, uh, you know, find you. Um, so I guess my last advice would just be that, you know, just remember the value that you guys bring into this world and that, you know, people are better when you show up. So, any fear that you have about showing up regularly or making those offers or any of that, please just know like you make people's worlds better by doing what you do. And so, you know, show up and show up with enthusiasm. And um, where you can find me is like they said, I'm on Instagram with Wolf and Rabbit Inc. And I also have a Facebook group. It is called Ambitious Profitable Salon Owners. And um, that is a free group. We actually do marketing classes every Wednesday where we dive into some of this. So if you did like some of this um, info today, you can definitely dive deeper with us in there. We have a lot of fun with that. And um, yeah, check out our IGTV library. I try to put out like quick quirky videos every week and just you know keep this fun and exciting so you guys can keep kicking ass really well love it love love you ren thank you you. name ren too right Mm -hmm. love that so miss ren lopa thank you very 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 much for um joining us oh and you're taking me to lunch um (laughs) (laughs) when you come here yeah exactly Uh, thank you for joining us on your day off thank you guys 
Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> Yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, That's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease.